when I can communicate my ideas behind the clothes and they still want to have it. Success is where I still can cross boundaries of something. I'm not sure if it will be successful or not. I like the situation where anything can happen when the future is not described totally. Welcome to Mindful Business Founder, the podcast for fashion business founders seeking to build a meaningful and profitable business. I'm Liki Tang, and I'm here with you today to find out how mindful founders build strong businesses that deliver value to people and to the planet. Today, we're joined by Paula Stelpion, founder of a very special ready-to-wear brand based in Wuch. Łódź is a former industrial city in Poland. Before the Polish economy transitioned from communism to a market-based economy in the 90s, the economy of Łódź was heavily reliant on the textile industry. It is in this highly creative environment with such an inspiring legacy that Pola launched her brand Moda Polka. In this conversation, Paula will share with us how she feels about the current environmental crisis and how she's addressing this problem with her business. Beyond fashion, Paula creates clothes that are ergonomic, multifunctional, and useful. She will explain why her brand is at the intersection of art and design. She will also share with us some of the dilemmas she is facing now that she is taking her business to the next level. If you have a business, And if you are trying to make a statement with your brand, this conversation is definitely for you. So welcome, Paula Stelpien. So welcome, Paula. Hello. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for your invitation. First question, where are you from? Where did you grow up and how was it like growing up? I'm from Poland. I was born in Poland and I spent my childhood in uh, southern Poland in a small town surrounded by woods. So childhood was beautiful. It was a completely different time than it is today because today we are bombarded with so many things, so many duplication, multiplication. Our culture is based on excess Um, and my childhood was, was different. I, because we had little, I learned to make things on my own. Uh, I developed manual skills. And I think it was the beginning of my interest in fashion. Because I, I was making clothes for my toys by myself. And my mother was making clothes for herself. And I was watching it. And it was natural for me. So at that time, you were living on less than yes. the, your kids are living today. Yes. I think it's when we have too much, it limits us. It's not giving us more opportunities because sometimes we are drowning in, in things. We started talking about your children. And uh, so what is the dream world, the ideal world you want your children to live in? Mm. They remind me of my own childhood and I feel the nostalgia of my own childhood. But I would like, they didn't have these problems with environment. 
I would like them to have power and strength to make their own choices. Um, yes, and I would like them to, to feel connected with the environment and just to be happy. Because I think our future would not be bright because of the environment problems. It's really depressing. I'm not very optimistic. Is it the reason why you have launched your brand to do something about this not very bright vision of the future? Um, probably, yes. Um, my approach to life is very emotional. My guide is my emotions, my feelings. I'm not calculating. Maybe that's why I'm not a good businessman, <laughs> businesswoman, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yes, I started my brand just to have joy because it's what I like to do. Mm -hmm. But of course, uh, I ask myself, and probably everybody is doing the same, um, if the actions of individuals matter, are the individual choices important? I think we can't take too much responsibility uh, putting everything on our shoulders because it's, uh, it's a trick of corporate world, I think, to make us feel guilty and... It takes away the joy of our life. What do you mean by making us feel guilty? Is it the corporate sector is making us feel guilty of buying or of not buying? Yes, if we are told that everything depends on our choices, of choices of the consumers, I think it's not the whole truth because our choices are just a piece of uh, choices that companies should be doing, the bigger players should be doing. And if they don't do it, we, we cannot save the world just because we buy less or we don't use plastic bags. It's not the solution, it's simply not the solution. So what you mean is that the business sector also has some responsibility in changing the future and not only the consumer. It has the biggest responsibility because they are producers, producers of the piles of clothes. I'm also the producer of the piles of clothes. From. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's why I'm aware that my choices should be wise, but there's moral dilemmas, of course. And what I do, I say to myself, if I sell little, I will make little profit and I won't be able to develop my business further but I'm trying to be somewhere in the middle. I am looking for innovative solutions like fabrics from mushrooms for example but it's if it's still in a laboratory stage of development it can be too expensive. If it is too expensive for me I stick to something simple like natural fabrics for example and I use simple solutions. So I use the traditional fabrics I sell directly online. And the most important thing is that my clothes are useful uh, because when it's useful, when it's multifunctional, that it serves longer and more often. been looking at your collections and they are very interesting and in terms of design you're trying to make pieces of that are multifunctional is that what you're trying to do right yes i think that one of the best example is the cap with a face mask that you have yes. recently developed <laughs> yes yes i like this design very much and the clients likes it also 
it's a good example of the way I think about the design as a whole. It's not just fashion design. It's the design making useful and ergonomic objects. And I've also looked at your different collections. You have the Narciso collection. Can you explain a little bit more what you do with this collection and what's the vintage fabric? Because the city I live in, which has a great tradition of textile industry, and I always have at the back of my head this history of textile industry, I received the fabrics, a pile of fabrics from 90s, from my friend's mother, who was also a fashion designer. It was beautiful linen produced in Poland. Uh, now this industry is not uh, working anymore. We don't produce this beautiful jacquard linen anymore. It's a shame, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a big inspiration for me because it was reminding me of my childhood, of the colors of the, the earth tones, it was like my mother, yeah, she, she was wearing similar things. So I decided to make a collection of these fabrics. It was this lady, this, uh, my, my friend's mother, was helping me somehow because it was so well designed in colors, in patterns, that I only had to follow this idea, despite it was laying somewhere for 20 years, 30 years? 30 years now. 30 years, yes. Yeah. But it was whole. And the colors hasn't changed, has it? No, no, no. It was, it was in a very good shape. So I just have to follow this idea. We didn't talk about what she was designing. It was just um, intuitional, I think. I make my own patterns. It appears later that it really has this 90s feeling. I think it was a good idea to follow this. So you mentioned the city you live in now. And so you say that it has a very long history of textile industry. Yes. Maybe you remember a film of Andrzej Vajda. It was titled uh, Promised Land. It is a classic from 80s or even 70s, but it's still a very popular film in Poland, telling a story about three friends who opened a factory, textile factory. It describes how it started in Poland, in which, because in 19th century, which started to be a center of textile industry in Poland. Of course, it was private factories, then it was national factories when communism started. And when capitalism started, the factories were closed, people lost their jobs. And what's happening to these factories these days? Are they still running or they're closing? They are closing because they were large, they were too big. Some of them were changed in shopping centers. Some of them were built into apartments. Some of them were just demolished. But you managed to find some of the factories that are still running? The tradition lasts just in in families, in people. So there are many new factories, small factories and shops with fabric. The industry is still running in the city. And what about the urban nomad collection? You mentioned that you suffer from climate depression. What do you mean by that? (laughs) 
Yes, I, I mentioned it at the beginning of our conversation that I'm really concerned about the future of my children. And somehow I wanted to do something with this fear, with this climate depression. So it became my inspiration to make another collection where I show my attitude to this matter. And again, I used the fabrics I received from my friends, which were made in wood in late 80s. Yes, it was something like denim, real denim, but Polish uh, kind of denim from late 80s Polish denim, yes. And I also made blankets. I was thinking about the apocalyptic time when, for example, we have to run away and we have to have pieces of garments that we can put everything together and just go and we will be able to use them and they will be useful useful and multifunctional yeah my ideas may uh, sound scary but i try to make something fun of it but it, this is a statement this is a message which is very strong which is be careful you know we need to be prepared because things are not going the right way this is why i understand from it and you also in this collection you also use leftover fabric yes so i'm just wondering those three collections we discuss all those are from vintage or old or leftover fabric so that means that the collection pieces you make is limited because you cannot run the production of fabric anymore. And this is a deliberate choice of yours to say, that I'm going to make a certain number of pieces and that's it. To me, it sounds more like an art approach to fashion rather than fashion, where usually we produce a lot and sell as many as we can, whereas you have more artist approach to fashion. Am I understanding well? Yes, I think you are right. Because I graduated from painting. I am a painter. <laughs> so art is uh, close to me. As I mentioned, I'm trying not to calculate too much. I'm trying to just tell what I feel, what I wanted to say by the clothes. And yeah, this collection has very limited pieces. Sometimes uh, my clients send me messages if there's possibility to make a piece just for them and I'm trying to upcycle another leftovers and make another piece. So yes, this is the idea. I didn't want to make too many pieces in this collection. You say that you studied painting, you're a painter. You also mentioned that you work as an interior designer. Yes. How did you decide, how did you switch from working as an interior designer to fashion? Um, I'm not sure if I switched. <laughs> oh, you're still working as an interior designer? Yes, I'm still working and I think about design as a whole. Uh, I know that it's special branches like interior design and, and fashion and product design. But, I, but the way of thinking about all these branches uh, for me is multidisciplinary. Um, almost from my childhood, I was interested in fashion, but of course I didn't make collection until a few years ago. First, I started to learn to make a collection myself. I was trying to understand how it is to uh, not focus on clothes, but to focus on the collection as a, the idea they want to tell. I just started to, to, do, the, to do this. It was not a special decision. 
um, now I want to be a fashion designer. I was thinking about it for a long time. I just needed to find some time to just to begin. And when I found this time, I just started to first collection and then another and another. I started from small steps. First, I was working on my own. Then I founded a tailor. Then I was looking for grants for starting a small production. And step by step, I was developing it um, into something bigger and bigger. I didn't have a business plan at the beginning. The only thing I knew was that I don't want to do it by myself. I knew it that it's a bad idea to do it by oneself because it should be at least two people. One person should be concentrated on the design and another person should be concentrated on business. Unfortunately, <laughs> I ended up doing it by myself, but I hope it's just a short episode and I will find someone who will help me in business. Yes, because it's not easy to be a boss myself. <laughs> but, yes. but still you managed to sell. So this is not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I have, um, I'm very optimistic. <laughs> and I'm, I have enough strength to push things forward. So maybe it's not so bad, but I still hope my team will be bigger soon. <laughs> and this is a very smart move. But right now you're on your own and you're selling. You're selling on the internet? Yes, I'm selling mainly on the internet now. Since the COVID has started, I sell only by internet. I think it's even better for me, but it's also better for the clients. Because the boutiques I was working with or I tried to work with has they add a very big part to the final price. So um, a, yeah, they, you mean the markup is high, is very high. So that means that if you sell it to a boutique, your product will end up being very expensive. Yes, yes, yes. So it's completely pointless to pay almost twice for a client to buy a dress. So I decided to focus on selling online. But I think you also said that you are having an exhibition tomorrow or something. So you also sell in physical stores? No, the exhibition is not for selling. This week we start Wuji Design Festival, which is uh, its 10th or 11th edition. I don't remember. It has quite a long history. And I'm invited to this festival just to show my clothes because fashion designers were also invited to, to show not the collection, but the pieces of the collection. What I like in this idea is that someone at last doesn't divide the product design and fashion design. And I'm happy that finally fashion design pieces can be shown as design itself, not just in fashion week, but just like pieces of garments that people can use like any other objects. Yeah, so you have a very different approach to fashion design, fashion creation. Yeah, I think I'm aware of it. And um, this approach, I think, helps me build the whole attitude to fashion. I don't want to divide this like something different than other design branches. I want to focus on ergonomics. My clothes are 
most of all wearable and comfortable and made with sophisticated tailoring techniques. So I guess that you're not part of the traditional fashion system with the fashion weeks and seasons and... Uh, Yeah, I am not. Uh, of course, I, I am not, but maybe not because I am not interested. I'm still developing. Um, I'm aware that I can't avoid. It's not my point to be a rebel and just to <laughs> uh, just to show that this is not the good way to, to have a show in, during the fashion week. It is, of course, it is a good way. Uh, but I think it will happen later in the future when I will be, maybe if my company will be just bigger, maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. I've been part of the fashion weeks and uh, selling in seasons as well. But what I see right now because of this pandemic, a lot of fashion weeks have been cancelled. I see it more as an opportunity for fashion designers to, to work on their own terms because If you follow the traditional fashion system, it's quite hard as a fashion brand to follow up that pace of creating new products. And financially, it's really hard as well because it costs a lot of money to take part into this system. And so what I see more these days is that the pandemic, it's an opportunity for fashion brands to find other ways to be seen and to share the message and So you have a um, very strong message to share. So maybe in the end, you are not that interested in being part of the traditional fashion week system. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. I probably will never be in traditional way of fashion businesses uh, working. I will not do in this, uh, in this way, but I am not against it totally. Yeah, I know it. I agree. It's very exhausting financially to make things like the fashion industry is telling us to do. Yes. That's why I always try to find my own path. Um, my goal is to improve the quality of life by my goals. So I'm not sure if it's also a goal of fashion industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What would you define as success for a fashion brand? How would you define success for a fashion brand? For me, success is when my customers are satisfied with what I want to offer them. And when they come back for more, when I can communicate my ideas behind the clothes and they still want to have it, Success is where I still can cross boundaries of something. I'm not sure if it will be successful or not. I like the situation where anything can happen when the future is not described totally. Do you mean that success is more an attitude whereby you try new things? Yes. Yeah, this is success for me. When uh, this is attitude where... I can try new things and I'm not... Uh, uh, and not worry about the outcome or failure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. <laughs> That's very interesting. It totally makes sense. Success is the attitude and um, I think you can try new things if you have the freedom 
whether yeah. it's freedom of mind, mm -hmm. financial freedom, some sort of freedom. Mm -hmm. My motto is only that which happens is possible. So if something doesn't happen, it is not possible. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Of course, I, I mean, I'm also thinking about financial success. It's, it's obvious because it helps. Money helps to develop. But I would like to have freedom, freedom of choices, freedom of creation. I think if I will be able to combine both these things, financial success and ability to, to have freedom, it will be real success. When you've started your business, or since you've started your business, have you made any mistakes that you feel comfortable sharing? Because yeah, anything is possible. So I guess that you've tried things that did not come out always the way you expected them to come out. I think I didn't uh, have failures that were very stressful. Fortunately, I didn't make that kind of mistakes. Uh, I'm still relatively small and maybe that's why the risk is smaller. I think I didn't make any mistake that wouldn't be creative and I always learn from my mistakes. Yeah, so again, this is your attitude, which is, okay, yes. I made a mistake. Now, okay, what do you learn from that? Yes, because I, I, I'm self-taught. Great. So very gentle with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, your business is aligned with your own values, with your idea, because for me, your brand is more um, a statement brand, a mm -hmm. fashion statement brand, but more in terms of ideas. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's anything that you've done with your brand in the design or the production, some trade-offs, some decisions that you've been forced to make, but that are not totally aligned with your values. Uh. I think this moment is about to come <laughs> uh, because I am thinking that I have to produce more. So the quality is the quantity is my um, it's my moral dilemma. I have to solve it somehow. I don't know how yet, but I think that my approach will be similar. I am doing it so far. So it still be uh, ergonomic and multifunctional and useful. Probably um, I am also thinking about um, the range of fabrics. I can't stick to only to linen and, and cotton. I have to think about other fabrics. So the technical issues, I have to solve it somehow just to be sure my work is not harmful for the environment. So yeah, the biggest problem for me now is the quantity of the production, how to make it sustainable. And how would you make it sustainable? In terms of fabrics and in terms of production, the quantity of the production. And this is a question I am asking myself. Uh, it is not solved yet. But it might sound a very naive question. I might have the answer, but I would like to hear it from you. Why do you need to produce more? Why do you need to increase your production? Um, because it's a matter of profit, which I will be able to develop my business to not even develop, just being still in game, unfortunately. So it's a matter of um, financial sustainability. Yeah, it's a matter of financial sustainability, yes. So maybe you will have to use fabrics that are not vintage or 
leftover fabric and use new fabric in order to achieve financial sustainability. Yeah, for example, I'm also vegan, so I want to use um, the fabrics which are fair trade, which are natural or made from natural fabrics made uh, of um, plants or recycled fabrics. When you wake up in the morning every day and thinking about your day, what brings you most joy when you think about your brand? <laughs> when I'm thinking about the most uh, joyful thought is that uh, I love my work. <laughs> so I don't feel I work. <laughs> I, I do something that I like. They really like because it's just organic. It's the way I live. I like to create I have a lot of ideas and this is my surrounding. <laughs> yeah, I think this is also what I hear from you, that your brand, the growth of your brand has been very organic. First, you've always had this idea of, I want to make clothing, pieces of fashion yes. for people because I have some mm -hmm. very strong statements to share. And then you waited for the right time and you tried different things and You don't have grand business plan. You just move when the opportunity comes or once you finish one step and I've achieved one milestone, what I'm going to do next and what I'm going to do next. And it sounds a very, very nice way to develop a business. <laughs> yes. Yes. Some time ago, a journalist asked me, why am I a fashion designer? Why am I uh, started a brand? And I told her the same. That is my core. It's organic she uh, replied that maybe I should ask myself the question, why? Because it's such a hard business. But really, believe me, I was thinking about it and I don't have the better answer. It's just what I want to do. But, you know, also when I hear you talking, it doesn't sound that hard. You know, your attitude is when I make a mistake, okay, that's a mistake, is not that bad. And what's this lesson that I should learn and make me work better next time? So this is the great attitude. So that's probably why you don't feel that is a very hard business. <laughs> maybe yes, maybe yes. <laughs> It's good to hear from you. I couldn't describe it better. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you online? I have my online shop. It's modapolka.com. Okay. You spell it M-O-D-A-P-O-L-K-A.com, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. That's correct. And it is where people can connect with you. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Paula. Thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Paula's journey is truly inspiring. My main takeaway from this conversation is Paula's clarity in her approach to sustainability. Even though her main focus is environmental sustainability, she's aware that she also needs to address financial sustainability if she wants to stay in the game and keep developing her business so she can create the impact she is aiming for. But what really resonated with me is her definition of success that she measures by the level of freedom in the creative approach and by how much her customers adhere to her statements by showing up 
and by coming back to her brand again and again. How about you? How do you measure success in your business? I would love to hear from you. You can send me a message at podcasts at themindfulfounder.com podcasts at themindfulfounder.com That's it for today. Thank you very much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Did you like this episode? If you enjoyed listening to Mindful Business Founder, you can share this with your friends who are also on the sustainability journey. You can also subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help other people like you find this podcast. Bye now and talk to you soon.